Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.com. On today's BFC Live, we revisit a conversation with Michael LeBlanc. He is with the Retail Council of Canada. They have a retail cannabis forum coming up on May 13th. We wanted to replay this in advance of that event this Thursday. Great. Michael, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, we are just to have you because uh, we, I don't know, maybe a month, two months ago, saw that the Retail Council of Canada is doing this cannabis retail event on May 13th. And we just love talking about cannabis retail. It takes up a lot of our airtime on Business of Cannabis because it is super dynamic. It's like where people, I think, were talking a lot in 2017, 2018, 2019 yeah. about the industry overall. A lot of the focus now is on retail, and like, how, how does that sort of enter what RCC, how RCC is thinking about it? Well, it's a great question. Thanks for for having me on. Uh, it's a real treat to be here as well. So let me let me take a step back and tell you, you and your listeners and audience about Retail Council of Canada. We are an advocacy group that is one hundred percent dedicated to retailers. We work coast to coast, all formats from Tide to Armani to from grocery to to cannabis. So if a hundred out of 100 times, when there's an issue, we come down on the side of retailers. So we love vendors, we love the LPs in this context, but we take the side of retailers. That's our laser-like focus. And from an advocacy perspective, our primary role is to work with governments at the federal, municipal, and municipal level to advocate for retailers, to help uh, explain to governments and civil servants and politicians the interests of retailers. And often, as an advocate, what you are doing is explaining unintended consequences, right? So it's not like the government's always listen to you, uh, but it's the opportunity to present the interests of retailers from the retail perspective. You know, you got a lot of policymakers and lawmakers and politicians. They don't know retail. And don't forget, retail is the biggest private sector employee in the country, 2.1 million people you know, hundreds of billions of dollars. It is both the barometer of the economy and a driver of the economy. And listen, no more important time to be representing retailers of all types than during the COVID era. That has put us on overdrive from, you know, what we need, recovery plans. And then that comes to the second part, which is thought leadership. And we pull together both reports. We get the best in class uh, consulting firms and, and our advocates to put together retail recovery plans. Lots of information on that on retailcouncil.org. When it comes to cannabis and retail cannabis, that's our focus, right? So we don't talk, you know, we don't look at the LP, so to speak. They're like a vendor, their partner. We focus on retail. Now, this goes all the way back to Deanne Brisebois, president and CEO of, of Retail Council in Canada. And I, I remember that we were sitting with uh, Vic Fideli and Caroline Mulroney in Ontario in a small room advocating for the retail industry, you know, a bunch of players around the room and these things. It was a really great meeting. And it was just after, I remember it very clearly, it was just after Ontario announced the change of course, right, the, that they were going to go private. And this is, I'm explaining this because it's kind of typical about what happens. They call us in and go, okay, so we've got some objectives, very high level political and, and policy objectives, you know, keep people safe, keep the roads safe and, and get, you know, collect tax dollars and get retail, uh, retail into and away from organized crime and all that stuff. That's our government objectives. The floor is yours. 
how to best structure retail. It, 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 it was an unusual me because it said, listen, the floor is yours. You tell us, and everybody's got a slightly different tact and opinion, what's the best way to structure the province so that we can go to retail to be successful on those metrics. Now, doesn't mean they always take our advice. Lord knows we didn't advise a lottery. Um, we, we didn't even know it was coming. You know, so they don't always take our advice, but at the provincial level, we talk to the governments. And then at the federal level, we get involved in the legislation. That's where our real expertise around policy. I mean, the people who are advocates for Retail Council Canada, they came out of the civil service. They write the law. So when you were talking to Health Canada, we talk to the civil servants and we say, what's your intention? And they say, well, we want this to happen. And we say, well, that's good. Um, we're a little worried. I'll give you an example. We're a little worried about window coverings because we've had experience uh, in other sectors where that is unfortunately could encourage crime. So be careful with that. Um, and we should revisit that. I, you know, sometimes the die is set, but we, you know, you re, we should revisit that and we should look at, at, at that from the context of our expertise. And, and like I said, unintended consequences. We know why it was done, but, oh, we didn't think of that. Is that a problem? Yes, it is. Oh, okay, let's consider that. That is the world of, of, um, of advocacy. From a thought leadership perspective, this is our third retail cannabis event. Our job one, when retail cannabis became uh, legalized, was to make sure that all operators of any size, because there's big, lots of small, felt like they were part of our community and welcomed them into the retail community. You're now retailers, and many, many of the, the operators, not all, came out of, uh, let's call them traditional retailers, you know, from the Canadian tires of the world, Aritzias, you know, they came into it from traditional retail, and they're kind of like, oh, okay, good, I've made a transition. You think back a couple of years, right, making a transition from a big traditional corporate retail into retail cannabis, you know, there's some risk there, you know, in terms of there's great opportunity. Don't let me, don't get me wrong, but there's some risk there reputationally, so to speak. And what uh, we were first to say is, listen, welcome, come on in, be part of our awards, um, uh, you know, do all those great things. And that really uh, has set the die for us uh, as an overview of both retail, what we do and how we get involved in retail cannabis. Yeah. And, and up until very recently, and I think it's much to the consternation of the cannabis industry, there wasn't, there just weren't a ton, right? Like this has been a ramp up that seems super slow. Yeah. You've talked about, especially in Ontario, you know, the lottery A, lottery B, then open allocation, but amidst COVID, but, you know, we're going to come out of COVID. Well, let's hope that actually happens, but we're going to come out of COVID. And I think our people are <laughs> going to see start... the end zone, but the, yes. we can see the end zone, but the goalposts keep moving. I yes, think they keep the moving. And, that's, right and I think we've all come to expect that over the past year plus, but what I think people really start to realize when they, well, start to come back to downtown Toronto or get out sort of further afield from where they've been is that yeah. cannabis retail in Ontario, especially has really blossomed and really exploded over the past year when everybody's been in lockdown, which is of course a challenging operating you know, business operation time. But I think what is yeah. really exciting is like we're over 600 stores now. And I bet last year at this time we were not even at a hundred. So like, it's happened quickly. Um, and amid the you most know, listen, it was hard to imagine. You know, this time last year is hard to imagine that Ontario would surpass Alberta, for example, uh, in terms of retail stores. Right, Alberta. We saw always. We saw we always saw Alberta as as the leading province from a policy perspective, the most cannabis friendly retail mm -hmm. policy. Other Saskatchewan has some great, you know, distribution and mm -hmm. uh, and delivery things, but the model we looked to uh, was uh, was often Alberta, but. 
New Brunswick does a great job. Cannabis, New Brunswick does a great job. Uh, you know, all the provinces in one way, shape or another. Quebec took their own path, of course, uh, continues to be provincially owned. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the, we should not, you know, when we talk to governments, and particularly there's some municipalities in the country, Mississauga, that do not yet allow cannabis retail. And we're like, listen, you've got professional operators creating jobs, paying tax dollars, uh, taking up real estate. These are all things you want. And trust me, these, you know, what I often say about cannabis retailers, I have so much respect for them because their DNA is to operate in uncertainty. You know, the times we've had no better example of that than being able to open this number of stores and start businesses during the COVID era. Tough, you, you can get a tougher environment in which to, to launch operations. So it's, it, you know, so much respect we have for, for retail cannabis. Yeah, it's, it's been, you couldn't, if you tried to think up scenarios that were harder to launch a business, you would, you, you, this would be it on your radar. No, you couldn't make this up. You, you just can't make this. And, and the back and forth, you know, listen, you know, we try, we do what we can, right? So, you know, uh, you're essential, you know, you went from, from illegal to non to essential in 18 months, and then you're non-essential and you can't cross the curb. And we're like, hey, governments, there's a piece of legislation that says you can't cross the curb, but they can't do curbside. Oh, we forgot about that. So we were in there talking to the government. So, oh, yeah, let's make that tweak, unintended consequences. Uh, we're still in there advocating for, for you know, making them essential, but we don't win all those battles. Uh, that is the reality of being uh, the asso- an association. We win them in some provinces, others others we do not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, to, to, to do what they've done and then to deal on a, and many retailers face the same thing on a day-to-day basis. I'm open, I'm closed, I'm open, I'm closed, I'm curbside, I'm home delivery, I'm not. These are challenging times. So again, much much respect to the cannabis retailers. Yeah, and, and it even um, you know I think we often think about um, the dealing with all these uncertainties as like okay, I can open my doors, I can't, I have to like figure all that out. But it's actually they were allowed to at some points add new services like delivery and e-commerce. Like these are difficult things. The, the largest enterprises in the world with all the resources to actually yeah. implement, and they've done it sort of uh, at the drop of a hat. And that I think, and I love your thoughts right. on this too. It's like some of the retailers who really stepped into that and said, you know, this is going to be a value add and we don't know how long it's going to last. We're going to make the online purchasing and the delivery components as seamless and beautiful as possible to actually attract customers as opposed to like, okay, now we're just trying to, like it really has been an amazing opportunity for some of these folks that had the, the wherewithal to sort of step into it. Yeah, you know, what we often talk about, what I often speak on is is the great acceleration. So, you know, the trends that were pre-COVID and the before time have been accelerated. E-commerce, for example, the adoption of e-commerce by consumers. It's not going to stick at this level. Like COVID put a, a put the foot on the gas, but it didn't put a brick on the gas. As soon as, you know, as soon as stores open, people go back to shopping in, in retail stores. There'll be more growth. The water line will move up. But, you know, the bright side, and, and let me describe it as, you know, when your toast falls off, your breakfast table and lands butter side up. <laughs> it's not great, uh, but your butter side up um, is this home delivery piece. Now we were advocating for home delivery, you know, right back to that first meeting with Vic Fideli and Carolyn Maroney in Ontario. We said, listen, if you want to achieve your goals of having a competitive retail sector, you've got to be omni-channel. You've got to offer uh, cannabis retailers the opportunity to do all these things because what we try to continually remind people is there's a switching opportunity that isn't present in other retail formats. So if you put a constraint on selling lawnmowers, it's not like there's going to be a black market of lawnmowers suddenly come up. So when you put a constraint on retail operators, you start to go backwards against the key government objectives 
and and there's a substitution option for consumers, right? And that's not present in any other kind of retail. Yeah, maybe liquor, maybe cigarettes, but really in cannabis. And so maybe, just maybe, Jay, we're going to have a win out of all this with the advancement of of home delivery. So that could be actually a pretty big win uh, because what really wasn't on the on the docket, we were kind of advocating for it, but we didn't see it as a top priority. But thanks to COVID, can you thank COVID for anything? I don't know. Um, uh, it, it, it advanced I got a, a little bit. Up in my basement. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I, I, um, I I got a few extra pounds, so there you go. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> I well, we can thank them for that. Um, uh, one last thing, because I, I I know on the agenda that the presenting partner is um, Greenline POS for the event yeah. on the thirteenth, uh, an organization and a company that we you know, we've been talking to for years. I feel like, even though there's probably yeah. a good chunk of uh, the, um, the the founders their their lives because it's, they're, they're relatively young, but but really a company oh, we right. admire a lot because they've been able to really step into this opportunity, cater to their audience, offer new services and a suite of opportunities. And I think it's a it's a great partnership that you've developed with them because they really have their ear to the ground of what's happening day to day in cannabis retailers' lives. And um, what else can we expect to hear sort of on the 13th so for folks that are listening here today that sign up? Yeah, I mean, for about the about the event itself, we're really excited about the event. As I said, it's our third. And what we always do is we take the, you know, we want to inform retailers. So we get lots of retailers on the stage. You can check out the agenda. We got retailers from, you know, Fire and Flower. We got retailers of all sizes, both indies and, and major nationals. And what excites me about this event is we're taking a look at, you know, all elements. How to, how to understand data, how to understand store design, how to understand what the consumer wants now and post-COVID. We're all trying to think about that. What does that look like? How to understand, you know, this moving market. I mean, the, the diff, you know, how to, how to work with and what learnings are we getting from actually retailing the product? I mean, for the first, I don't know, the first, let's call it phase of cannabis retail, it was I'll sell whatever I can get my hands on, right? Remember those days. And then it was, okay, there's lots of choice. I don't understand the brands. Uh, I Their consistency could be better. One day it's this, one day it's that. It's called the same thing. you know. And then it becomes, and you made this point, it becomes competition. Now we're real retailers, but now we can make choices, which we weren't able to make before about what we carry to align that to our brand, right? So when... You, you ask yourself as a retailer, and all retailers now deal with, with competition, and now we're at that point with, with cannabis retail, is like, well, someone's probably going to have to drive by three other cannabis stores to get to mine. Why would they do that? You know, what's different about me? Do I understand my customers better? Is it a better environment? Is my product assortment aligned to who I think my customers are? And everybody makes different choices about that. That's the great thing as, let's call it phase two more maturity. So we'll be talking about all those things, you know, what decisions you can make, how you can compete. Of course, you've got to compete within a framework of regulations, but so do pharmacies. Like we have many retailers who are heavily regulated. So we're very accustomed to that. Um, you know, not all the same regulations. So, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to that. And that one of the things, again, this butter side up toast on the ground thing with these virtual events is, you know, it's a half day forum. Again, it's a 1 p.m. on the 13th. And, you know, coming to Toronto as a small indie uh, to go to this was probably, you know, a little cost prohibitive. Maybe you didn't have the time. Um, and may, if you were local, cool. Now you can come from anywhere in Canada. And we're really, you know, so we're really gearing this to lessons learned. And thank you for your partnership, because it's great for us to get the, the word out to indies, 
you know, NAC, you know, we all know pretty much the big operators, but there's many great indies who started up and we think would really benefit from this kind of discussion. Again, laser focused on retail. If you're a retail cannabis operator anywhere in Canada, you know, this is going to be a great way to spend your afternoon. And listen, it's virtual. You don't have to fly here again. You don't get to meet everybody the way we'd all love to meet each other. But, you know, the, the makeup for that is is you can sit and uh, get some great thought leadership. I had the pleasure of emceeing uh, for the afternoon, kind of shepherding things along. Uh, I'll be doing uh, a fireside interview uh, with Eleanor from Kiero and Darren from uh, uh, Darren from um, Spirit Leaf. Spirit Leaf. Thank you. Just name just popped He's out of my guy. head. No, I'm just kidding. He's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I've I've interviewed him a couple of times, and I've had you know on my podcast, uh, the Voice of Retail. I've I've done. Uh, probably a dozen cannabis retail uh, uh, cannabis retail interviews of all sorts and sizes. Uh, again, because I do two two episodes a week, I focus on retail. Welcome. Let's talk about retail. Let's talk about your type of retail. What are your issues? What are your opportunities? How are you different? How are you differentiating yourself? What's your background? Why do you think you can win? These are let's call them normalized questions about being a retailer that that we just love to talk about, and and uh, so that's what. Uh, anyone who attends can expect. And we'll put a link about how to register with a special BFC code uh, in the comments as well. So Michael, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you on the 13th. And um, yeah, this is going to be great. Well, listen, it was, it was great to meet you, uh, if not virtually. <laughs> I think I've been in the same room with you a couple of times, but we've never had the opportunity to meet. It's a real pleasure. And, and again, thanks for your support and uh, looking forward to post-COVID when we can be back together again. I, I love that, that. I love the optimistic thinking. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. That was Michael LeBlanc of the Retail Council of Canada. They have an event coming up, a retail cannabis forum on May 13th. Use B of C at checkout. You receive $150 off the ticket price. If you like this program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast to help support the work we do. Thank you for joining us on B of C Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Headset, Gallagher, and Torque and Maine.